Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music, music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening. That couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics, they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller, my shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. So I'm full of questions and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions? You've got questions. I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now, I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. So I'm cruising around backstage as I'm one to do. I, I must seem very innocuous. And I slyly step into Reliant K's dressing room to see Matt Hoops completely immersed. Like he doesn't even notice I walked in. He's producing on his MacBook Pro. Once he pulls off his headphones, I, I think he doesn't even want to stop. But he graciously says that he needs to. All right, that's good because I'm ready with open microphones to dive into Reliant K world and get, uh, get a different Matt perspective than I'm used to. What you're about to hear is utmost realness. Yeah, listen in is the appropriate name. This was recorded on July 17th, 2013 in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the intersection. So I want, you know, so now you are record company owner, right? Uh, technically, yeah, yeah. And I'm saying, how how do you know when a song is great before it's recorded? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, it's something that I've I've been trying to figure out how to put it into words. Um, but the main thing that I think of, the main word that I think describes it the best, is just like energy. It's just like this life about the song that's like draws you in. And then um, I like it when songs hit you on multiple levels, you know, like you, you start listening and then a uh, lyric in the song really like connects with you and you feel, uh, you know, makes you feel something halfway into the song or this, you know, part of the song comes in. So I, I like when songs have like multiple kind of punches to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the initial thing that I listen for is just that like life to it and sometimes it's hard to say what that's in if it's in it's not just in the melody or the drums or the music it's like the song like does it have does it feel like this song needs to be recorded does it feel like this song needs to be written and um i don't know just that excitement i guess but can that um energy get lost in recording it definitely yeah (laughs) It totally can. And and that's the kind of thing, like, every time we make a record, every time I've made a record or been involved in a record, uh, it seems like sometimes the songs you think that are going to turn out the best don't, and sometimes the songs that you threw away turn out the best. And it's uh, it's always kind of funny, and a lot of times you don't know that until after it's mixed, even. You know, a lot of times it's uh, somehow you lose energy in the actual mix. And, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes a mix happens, and it 
makes the song happen you know? oh really so, yeah exactly uh, so you can have a dud song and i know that's an overstatement right yeah yeah kind of sitting there and all of a sudden something happens in the mix and you go mm-hmm. that's it for for, I mean, for example the first track on our new album is called don't blink yeah i love uh, that song i was about to th- i mean i was really about to throw that song out the window i was mm. like really every time we got a uh you know rough mix of it back from our producer i was just like oh this song do we need to cut this song is this song garbage like Mm. I think it could be good, but did we just not make it happen in the recording? And uh, that's a song that really, in the mix, uh, you know, I remember emailing the the mix guy, uh, who's a friend of mine, and I would say, hey, can we cut out all the acoustic guitars? And can we cut out the organ here? Can we cut out this one extra guitar that's in there? Can we cut it? And I just kept cutting more and more things from the song, and I think it let it, like breathe a little bit oh really in the craziest way and now it's like the first track on the record yeah i was gonna say now you end up being the first the lead track on this new yeah record. and i was really like when i would listen down through the bounces from the producer i was i was always like oh this song might have to go i don't know and mm-hmm. you know it's it's a very personal song for me it's a song that I, I wrote the most on and um Do, i mean even helped with lyrics yeah yeah definitely oh, okay yeah so i wrote most of the lyrics matt wrote uh the um don't blinker it's gone like mm. the big hook of the song yeah, which yeah. he is great at um, well he's he's a hookster yeah exactly so well um, and it, so is it for you about at the end of the day lo- love will actually save you in um, some in some manner with if you find the right connection i think it's uh it's for me about like turning and turning over a new leaf it's about um like realizing like your potential for life and and you know even when things you know i don't think things work out like anyone thinks they will you know i think uh you know i've been through a lot in my life i've been through uh a divorce a few years ago and this is kind of like the song is kind of coming from like being outside of that and like kind of feeling what it feels like to have a a relationship again and you know realizing that like it's um even if it's something that doesn't work out, it's positive. Like that's that's kind of the idea of the song to me is that even, um, you know, even though like the circumstances of this particular situation mm-hmm. aren't probably, it's probably not going to work out, but it's still like such a positive thing for me, you know. And that's what I told the girl that wrote the song about is that I was mm. like, you know, like it's always still such a positive thing for me to be around her. I'm still really close to her and friends with her, and like. It just, I feel like I learned a lot and it was just a positive experience. So. so does it take another person in your life to be able to see your potential? Um, that's a good question too. Wow. Um, I've got four more good questions and I'm done. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah. These are both all great so far. Um, I don't think it necessarily takes another person to see that potential, but, um, I think for me, uh, just being able to trust someone else was like a big deal. Just being able to like have that confidence that I could say whatever I wanted, that I could be myself around this person. And I honestly, I don't know if I've ever really felt that before. Yeah. It it was just a, a really good thing. But I, I, at the same time, I don't know if it's necessarily like a requirement for another person for you to like realize that you can live your life and not have to like, um hold back you know i always kind of felt like that's kind of the other idea of the song is that i always felt like i needed to hold back and like be super safe and conservative and you know just be uh 
uh-huh. you know, not ruffle any feathers or whatever, you know. And yeah. How long before you got divorced do you think you wanted to not be in that relationship? Oh, wow. Um, I honestly, I didn't. It, it like hit me by surprise. And looking back on things, I can only now see that, you know, I was, I was kind of checking out on my own. I was kind of like mm. um, pulling back into a shell and like almost kind of covering my eyes to what was actually happening. And, you mm. know, the, the um, distance that was, that was growing between me and my ex-wife. And um, that was, it was a really hard thing. And it was, it was crazy to realize, you know, after the fact that I was like, oh man, I was acting like that for years. You know, I was more and more like going into a hole and, and disconnecting from her and acting like telling myself everything was fine. Everything is okay. Like this is all going to get worked out. And, um, you know, I was honest with myself about it to, to an extent where I felt like I needed to, I, I was honest with myself as, as far as saying like, this isn't a great situation that this is, you know, mm-hmm. we're not really connecting right now, but. But it's a phase maybe it's or a whatever. Phase. You know, I, everyone that I talk to that have been married for any length of time says, yeah, there are times like that, you know, and, um, I think and that's that, true. By I the think way. that there are, there yeah, it right, is yeah. true. It is true. It's completely true. But, um, I, you know, in hindsight, there are so many things I would have done differently. And, um, I think, uh, that's definitely one of them, you know, so, it's like realize that earlier. Do, is there any part of you that feels like a failure in that part of your uh, life or that, it failed you know it's it's a hard thing to come to grips with i guess it's uh i think i feel like i i tried as hard as i could i Mm -hmm. really wanted to make it work and um i just felt like you know uh one of my friends said this is that um you know if you start a business if you have a business partner and you start a business and one of the people in the business doesn't really want to do it the other person can pull their weight they can do 100 percent of the work mm-hmm. um, but a marriage is just not like that it has to be mm-hmm. both people and i really feel like i tried my hardest so in that respect like i don't feel like a failure in that i feel like i tried my hardest and and i knew when mm-hmm. it was time so oh I don't, I don't want to go too far down. No, but. but it is it is still hard to deal with, like, the inevitable thing of that. And that's that's even kind of what the song is about, is, like, right. not being... I'm not ashamed of that anymore, you know? Like, I recently posted a picture of my ex-wife on Instagram or whatever, and just with our kids, like, I just... And I, it was really meaningful to me in that it was... For me, it felt like, you know what? This is not something I'm embarrassed of. This is not... And I realized I had never posted a picture of her on Instagram, you know, like, ever. And I'm like, this is a person in my life that I still love, that I'm, like, mm-hmm. connected to for life. And, like... And you have kids? And we have kids, yeah. Okay. And it's uh, it's been crazy, you know? And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for how peaceful we've been around each other. And I, uh-huh. I fully respect her as a mother and... Um, you know, I just want the best for her. You know? Do, is there any part of uh, that you thought about literally changing careers so you wouldn't be whatever on the road, quote unquote, physically disconnected too, right? Yes, uh, which actually, help, which is spiritually disconnected a lot of times, I'm sure. But as, you know, as soon as uh, everything kind of hit the fan, um, I immediately got off the road. I like 
flew, literally flew home from the tour. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, it was a complete shock to me. I felt like I couldn't even play shows. I wasn't sure. And there was a time when I was really angry at the band. There was a time when I was uh, angry at being on the road and mm -hmm. um, how that had led to, you know, adding to the kind of um, disconnection that we were having. And um, I don't think that was the main thing even, but it was definitely yeah. a factor. Yeah. And um, I was I went home and I was like, you know what, I'm just not going to do another show for I don't know how long. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to be home and I'm not sure if I'm ever going to do a show again. And um, I went home. We had our friend Justin fill in for me. Um, he's actually playing with Paramore now. He's oh, um, yeah. Um, Taylor from Paramore's older brother. Oh, okay. So he's playing also guitar with them now. Yeah, I think and, I met him real quick when I. Yeah, uh, and he's a good friend, great player, and just kind of went on the road. I I was home for about a year and a half, and it wasn't until after the divorce was finalized really that I felt peace about like really and kind of really like a new life and vigor for like going on the road and writing songs and enjoying it and you know making the most of everything and do you look at other bands i'll just throw out the bonos of the world right who has a family and whatnot do you kind of look at that and kind of go you can see how he made it or did he marry the woman who knew this was going to be oh wow his yeah his he had a stage that he needed to whatever you know be on for the betterment of the world because honestly i think your music is for the betterment of the world too right mm -hmm. but he's at this elevated stage and yet wife kids i have no idea how balanced they are and stuff but you know mm -hmm. do you look at that and kind of go how how did they do it you know mm -hmm. what i mean uh, i told i constantly do and i have a lot of friends that are on the road that have you know stayed married years years after years and right uh i honestly look at some of my friends i'm like i'm a way better husband than you know i was you know like <laughs> right. I was like, so cool. and it's it's funny though. It's like uh, I don't know exactly what that balance is. I think I right. think a lot of it is, and I know that a lot of them personally like have gone through some serious stuff in that yeah. in that regard. But they're still yeah. together. They've made it work, and that's that's where I just go back to that thing. I was like, you know what? We got to this point and it didn't work. And that's uh, I will you know part of that is my responsibility, but part of it is I, I feel like I did everything I could. So so you're you're a God guy, right? Yeah, I, I believe in God. Are you? Yeah. Uh, uh, did you ever get pissed at God through all this thing? Like, definitely, dude. Yeah. Why? Totally. Why is this yeah. happening to me and us and my uh -huh. kids and yeah, it in the band and whatever you know? It made me rethink everything. It made me. Uh, I think I used to see life very simply. I used to see everything very cut and dry, zeros and ones. You know, like this makes sense. These things make sense. What I believe makes sense. Uh, and especially that, especially what I believe makes sense to me. That is who mm. I am. That mm. is a part of me. And I think when something like this happens, it really uh, makes you take a step back. And um, in a lot of ways, I'm thankful uh, for how I've come through it. I'm thankful for like the experiences I've had, the people that I know now that I'm friends with. Mm. Um, and also even like what I've gone through spiritually, you know, in that time has been like just really... I feel like I've woken up, you know, in a lot of ways, mm. in every way, really. So, so let me ask you about. I don't even know if I want to say the word Christian. I'll say it out loud there, no, just to say fine. it. But yeah, you kind of stuttered on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. But but maybe it's spiritual music because I think 
I'm still trying to define what that really means because I think for a while I was like, okay, they've got to mention God or they've got to have some sort of uh, uh, pointed idea of there's something beyond us in the mm-hmm. song, right? And I'm listening to the new record. I'm going, it's a lot about love between two people or mm-hmm. or maybe not two people, but at least others. Yeah. And I'm kind of going, well, this isn't that much of a spiritual record, but but maybe it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, do you do you have a sense of being able to define that or even wanting to define that? Oh, wow. As far as for our music or as far as in general? Y- yes and then yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> How's that for... Uh, yeah. Uh, not sure what I'm asking, I guess, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, also a good question. I was just talking to my parents about this yesterday as far as all music. Maybe I'll answer that first and... You know, we we're just talking about all the Christian festivals that are just no longer exist or way right. smaller. And, you know, we we're just talking about the different things. I'm like, well, there's not really any new headliners in the last 10 years. You know, it's still right. the same bands that were doing it. You know, um, right. a lot of them who are great people, you know, are just right. doing what they do. But we're completely different people in the band. Right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, yeah. And that's <laughs> happening all over the place. And, um, I'm so, waiting for that. I'm waiting for the, the next generation of Reliant K about 10 years uh, from now when you replace we, both you and Matt. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that would be funny. It actually happened for a few shows where um, on that same tour right. where I, I went home and then um, Matt's mom had some uh, health concerns and mm. it got really serious and his sister was like, you need to fly home now. Yeah, right. And so he's like, okay, I'm flying home. And, you know, we had like three shows left on our tour oh. and the band, um, John and Ethan and John, like, just still played. They held it? Yeah, and they had, we had our friend Tim sing uh, some Tim of the Skipper? songs. Yeah, oh, I, I love Tim. Yeah, so it was funny, but um, yeah, to get back to Christian yeah, music, sorry, like, dude, yeah. I don't know, uh, as far as who we are as people, it's always just kind of been um, trying to be honest, trying to be speak of things that are important to us, of the overflow of our heart, I guess you could say, if you mm-hmm. want to talk spiritually. and That's kind of cool. Um, it's never really been a concerted effort to make spiritual music um, or things that are of that nature. Um but it's just kind of been a part of who we are. And um, I don't know. I think there are, there are different people who are called to different things. Different people feel um, motivated and, and like, you know what? I need to go write this song about this spiritual thing that's happening in my life. And I think for us, it's never really felt like we had to do that. And I think it's even from the beginning, you know, even with dumb songs like Sadie Hawkins dance. And um, I think, also it's been a learning experience you know you look back at like our first record and we're adding in lines about jesus and our charles and charge cover you know and stuff like that where it's like obviously it doesn't need to be there it's not really helping anyone it's not really Mm -hmm. like being honest or i I don't really know what it's doing at that point some youth for christ gigs i guess exactly yeah and so we kind of i think it's it's been a learning process for us too as far as like how to express that and how to i think we did it because we felt like we should you know we oh this would be cool if Mm -hmm. we if we also just threw this in there you know Mm -hmm. and like um but yeah our faith is something that's really important to to all of us in the band and um i think that that's something that uh comes across in music hopefully regardless you know but um the new record is uh somewhat of a different approach to the whole deal so to the whole deal oh to the whole idea of sorry that was uh (laughs) it's it's a new approach to the whole idea for us of um 
you know what this is we're trying to be honest you know uh-huh. and we're not um saying that our faith doesn't exist but we're not going to like pu- push it in there we're not going to force it into yeah, our songs okay. well because i think i think i've learned nothing more about a bigger love than because of another person my wife loving me mm-hmm. even though i'm in jag yeah. right you know yeah, what i mean it's like great, yeah. or i'm a great guy at times or whatever you know it's just like that's when i think i really experience and even when having kids that's when i thought somebody loves me no matter what and they depend on me no matter what and that sort of unconditional love thing it's like so i think times i've especially earlier on i was like well i really didn't mention much about you know god in this song so mm-hmm. must be it's not a song about god and i'm or or something that would make the world a better place and wait a minute mm-hmm. Maybe I'm pushing Britney Spears off the side when I, you know, even though she's at a, maybe a different spiritual place than you or me, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it isn't helping somebody at a very deep place inside their heart, you know. You know, that's, to, a, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I think that's been, I've seen a lot of criticism of a record saying that it's not a deep record, but really I think it is in a different way. You know, it's not, um, it's not as obvious, I think, as before. Um, but, um, you know, you just look at, talking about other bands again you know you look at like like adam from al city is like one of the most devout christian right sure yeah interviewed that him. people that i've ever met in my life and uh you know you can't really it's not in all of his songs you know it is in some of his songs or at least and, not as obvious that we can automatically see it uh-huh. and it is it's part of his life mm-hmm. you know if you know him sure. as a person it's a definite part of his life but it's uh um i tend to see like this entire um, Christian band culture, you know, Cornerstone Music Festival, uh, you know, things like that. Um, it's it's kind of just not there anymore. And I see a lot of Christians who are in music who are very reluctant to align themselves with any kind of Christian music industry. And I think that's just a cultural thing. But, you know, I also think it's a, um, a business decision, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Because I remember back in the day when uh, I worked in retail and we would sell a ton of Creed and I'll say Lenny Kravitz and I'll say uh, uh, Lifehouse, right? And DC Talk. But DC Talk tops out at a million units and Creed tops out at 17 million units, right? And I don't think, relatively speaking, messages are that far apart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of going, well, that makes sense to me. I mean, on two, on two levels, right? You can sell more music and make more money and, and maybe affect more lives that way. But also, just the, just the art. You're going to be in front of X amount more people, and more people are going to hear your music. And it's, again, in essence, the same. Why would you put it under the Christian umbrella if there's a limit? You know, I mean, this isn't a conversation you haven't had a hundred times, hundred thousand times, right? Yeah. You know, but I, I think the thing that also when you're starting out as a band, sometimes it goes the other way, where you can kind of start in with this built-in audience and play yeah, right, churches. Yeah. You know, sure. and a lot of bands do that, and I don't necessarily fault them for it if they're doing yeah. it for the right reasons. Yeah. But it's yeah. Um, yeah, it is, it's a good give and take for sure. Well, and that's the reason I think that I just never wanted, I don't even want there to be an R&B genre, nor a Christian genre, nor a rap genre. I just want it to be all music, music, music anyway. Yeah. I mean, you're going to hear Eminem on my iPod right next to you guys, right next to India RE, next to the Indigo yeah. Girls, next to Stevie Wonder, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I just like to throw it on shuffle and let it go, you know? Yeah, I think our, our whole thing with being put in the genre of christian music which is a funny genre to begin with because it's only based on lyrics it's the only genre that's based on only lyrical content 
Yeah, or just being signed to a quote-unquote Christian record label. Yeah, which is, and, and lyrics are um, just the craziest thing, you know, because they're the most undefined part of a song, and they can mean a lot of different things, and, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, uh, but um, oh, where is I even going to go with this? I, I feel like uh, the Christian music industry has some, always been something that we've just tried to, like, not really have a stance on. We're always like, and maybe that's why you felt like Matt was shying away, but we've talked about it and we're like, you know, like, our music is what it is. People can interpret it this way. Um, we want to make music for everyone. We want to, uh, you know, be honest about who we are as Christians, but uh, we also kind of just want to go to the next question. You know, when that gets asked, because and it's not that we're trying to hear you, man. push that off of our shoulders. It's not that we're trying to deny who we are and what we think and who, what we believe. Um, but it's more of just you know you can you can call it whatever you want, but we're still who we are. Yeah, I think the same thing about myself. But I don't even want people to when they ask me if I'm a Christian, I don't want to answer the question. Really? So when you because it's because hard, I think it yeah. comes with a lot of baggage. It's a stigma, yeah, yeah, for you sure. You know, and, and and you probably get the question a lot more than I would ever get the question, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of going, and maybe that's why I brought it up because because you get the question so much, and and I'm I I don't I don't know. Again, mm -hmm. maybe that's why I stutter on the word Christian. Yeah, yeah. We always start it, and you're saying like, you know, that this is who we are. You can call us what you want, right. and and you know, if you're asking us personally, you're like. Yes, we are Christians, you know, but it's... Right. Uh, you know what Matt mentioned to me last time is that you guys were either thinking about or actually working on a movie around Deathbed. Uh, it's been Did talked that, about, yeah. It's just we, been talked about still? We is had our friend, yeah, our friend Isaac, who's a writer, um, uh, is a good friend of me and Matt. Uh, we had been talking to him for a while about... So we, we, Matt and I are both just huge fans of his writing. He... Um, Actually, one of his books was recently turned into a movie that um, it's called Warm Bodies. Really? It was kind of like a zombie. Uh, Zombies are in. It's a zombie romance novel. Uh, <laughs> kind of. Uh, it's it's a little bit Romeo and Juliet reminiscent, but it's the idea of the book is that it's a zombie who kind of finds love and comes back to life, mm. kind of deal. And it's uh, love it's, can save you. I think it's a really I think it's a really good take on it, and the book is phenomenal the um all of his writing is phenomenal the the movie i don't know if quite it, it came off a little teen hokey oh, okay, you know yeah. to me but um the book i would recommend to anyone yeah. anytime so and he digs that song uh i think it was more to we felt like he could do it and if you read the book like there's just a lot of grit in the book like okay. just it's it's raw it's honest and it's like and it's cool, and it's it's in a cool way. And I, we felt like he could portray that story in in a good light. Mm. So, and I don't know; it's kind of an interesting thought. We we always go back to that, like, oh, should we do a concept record? You know, around that, we've talked about the family tree, and like Matt's written several other songs that kind of go with that concept. Oh, wow! Uh, and it would be really cool, and I really want to do it someday. And I just, it's one of those things that always seems to get. Was the there ever a time burner. when you sat in the studio and said to Matt, "Dude, we don't do eleven minute, you know, songs"? No, I loved it. Is I mean, yeah. Think and was there ever somebody at either management or label that said, "Dude, you guys don't do eleven minute songs"? Uh, I don't think they cared. You really? know, uh, our and our guy at Capital, Jamie, he was like a really good friend of ours, and he didn't really say anything about the record. We did, we did most of that record with Howard Benson. Then we sure. did, did that song 
with um, Mark Townsend. Um, oh, that wasn't with uh, Howard. Didn't produce that song. No, and oh. he was he didn't produce the intro song and that song. Oh, okay. And what he said, even Howard Benson, who's like Mr. Pop sure, rock right. guy, he's everybody, right? Uh, Mr. Extraordinary. He even was like, "This song is incredible. It's one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. I love it." I am not going to be the best at producing this song. I'm not going to really? do it justice. He's like, you'd be better off doing it yourself or with someone else. Do you not love that about him? Oh, I thought that was great. Yeah. Because I would think anybody with that sort of level of accomplishment would go, that song is phenomenal and I'm going to make it phenomenaler. Well, I think what he was saying is that he's in, he was interested in singles. I can't make this a single. And I think he was being honest about the fact that he didn't really want to put the time in. Uh, right. yeah, Which that's is fair. also fair. That's and fair. we were like, you know what? Cool. Let's do it with Mark. You know, it'll be yeah. great. And we honestly, we spent three weeks on that song. And we probably spent less than three weeks doing the rest of the record with Howard. So, <laughs> so do you ever play it live? Deathbed? Yeah. Yeah. We is, uh, is played it sporadically it. or how? We played it for about a year and a half straight. Um, we did the, whole, the thing. whole thing. Trumpets, acoustic guitars. Sweet. Um, just we tried to recreate as much of it as we could without tracks yeah and um we'd have extra people come up and do percussion and um it was really fun so i would love to hear a live version of that we're not currently ready to do it uh or we would pull it out tonight but it's um did you ever you never released a live record did you no no i don't know if we're gonna i i don't personally really love live records but i don't love them i just figured they were cash cows so yeah we're anyway. also not really into that either like if, I, if you can I, believe I it it's that. funny so so why uh I, i'd love to say why work with my friend aaron sprinkle because i interviewed him for an hour and a half one day but yeah i just dig that guy yeah he's, he's amazing one of my he's best amazing friends, yeah. and quirky and lovable and i think super talented and i don't know why fair his fair records didn't yeah yeah gain amazing, more traction yeah. and all that stuff and maybe it's just because He's got a solo record they just finished and it's phenomenal. Really? His best work. Really? Easily. Oh, I yeah. love that Solace record. Yeah, I mean, he's oh just, my gosh. he's really good, man. So talented and loved the chance to get to work with him. Was finally. this the first time with him? Too? Yeah, we've been yeah. friends with them for 10 years or so. Well, now that he moved to Nashville, it makes it a little bit easier. Right? Yeah, and that's really what it was. Like, we had kind of been talking to him and he had moved to Nashville maybe a week earlier and he came over to my house and we were running through a bunch of the new songs and we had kind of been talking to him about maybe doing a song or two with him. Because um, we did the rest of the record with Paul Moak, who is way 90s rock. Like, oh. not, he's he hates pop music. He hates, like, keyboards and fake drums. And, like, he's just, I want it raw and live and band song. And so we were like, well, maybe we should do a couple of these songs with Aaron. Because these are, we kind of want them to be yeah. that. And uh, so he came over and he, like listened through a bunch of the songs and he was like hey you guys want to like let's just start recording tomorrow and we're really like, we're like really and he's like yeah let's record tomorrow so we started the next day so you have two producers on this record yeah we uh did four songs with Aaron sprinkle and seven songs with paul Mark. here's what i can't stand about and i can really embrace the digital age right email me this record because or download it from itunes or whatever because yeah. i really want to hear it i don't get to know who produced it's it, hard. Mixed yeah, it all that yeah. stuff and i know all music is usually pretty accurate. I haven't checked it on this record, but I oh, assume... See, but once I get the record, I kind of go, oh, awesome. I yeah, like the yeah. songs, and then... I look up stuff on all music all the time because I'm always like, oh, who mixed this? This sure. sounds amazing. I want to use that guy. Really? Or, you know, I want to use him for a record that we're doing, you know, and stuff like that. Do you think so. you could ever be a mixer? 
Someday, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think I could be really good at it. It's uh, it's kind of like another type of science. I, I, t- I spoke with Aaron Sprinkle for a long time, and I think he's a phenomenal mix guy. You know, he mixed a song on the new One Republic record that he, he worked oh. some on. and Really? Yeah, it was. Nice uh, him. Yeah. I mean, they, they called him the day before it was due, and they were like, hey, we've had the song mixed twice, and your board mix still crushes both of those. So wow, can awesome. you finish it? He was like, sure, done. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, like he is phenomenal at mixing, um, but he said he doesn't really like to do it that much. He doesn't, he doesn't want to only be a mixed guy. He doesn't, yeah. he said for him when his brain goes into that mode and he's, you know, EQing a kick drum for two hours, yeah, you kind of like lose the bigger picture of the song. See, to me, mixing would never end except for the deadline. That's what he said too. Yeah. And he said that's I mean, not that everything isn't kind of like that, but still he said that's really frustrating for him. Yeah. Because and I, I do that same thing when I'm bouncing down stuff, sure. even I'll constantly, oh, I can do that, I can do that, I can do this, I can, you know. And it's the same for me, even when, I, even when I'm bouncing down interviews, right? And I'm kind of going, maybe I should lower that little junky yeah, laugh yeah. I had there. And come on, man. Yeah, you just, yeah. <laughs> I think that was the cool thing about working with Paul Moak as well, is that he is, he is not like that. He does not like to use vocal tuning, you know. There, really? There are a bunch it. of songs on the record, uh, like the song Sweeter uh, is first time we've ever done this as a band is that mm. every single thing it's it's one live take everyone in the room yeah there's there's no editing or automation or tuning or like anything on it and it's all bleeding together so it's it's kind of like you can't even really mix it it's already kind of just is what it is right uh, i can say i digressed or i at least merged off the oh, the funny collapsible long highway but i do want to ask about a couple more songs yeah go so. ahead go ahead totally appreciate this time I've man. Gotta... can't complain i i i love the vibe of that thing i mean whether it's a sort of a jason moranzi sort of a yeah, thing it's, right it's, but it's a just little like, down that line yeah what a poppy little fun appreciate life and uh-huh. appreciate the now and yeah man live on the positive side yeah it's it was a fun song uh the track for that song we we did three times that was the third version of it oh and um we were doing that song with aaron and i actually really love some of the elements of the other ones they were all like it's really hard to explain but almost like gorillas like 80s Mm -hmm. uh right almost had this like blur meets like reggae wow it was crazy it was really crazy and Dude, release those i love some of the elements of that and like even in the chorus we did uh i was using this omni chord which is like this little electronic uh auto harp pretty much okay and i used it a ton on the record but it was all it was through an amp and on the chorus i was going like running through a fuzz pedal and playing it like a guitar so i was like <laughs> chan, 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 and i was playing it on this crazy 80s japanese instrument wow and it was so fun. I think there were so many great elements about it. And then um, it ended up kind of going back to similarly with uh, Lost Boy, which is another song that Aaron did. Mm-hmm. And it went back to um, Matt was really stuck. I felt like both of those were like almost there that we had started on. And Matt was like, you know what? I think we were closer when it started out. And it mm-hmm. was just an acoustic guitar. And the song just came across better. And I was like, you know what? You're probably right. That felt fine when it was like that. Let's just do that right. You know? Do you guys respect each other enough to know when somebody else is probably right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Because you can't be right yeah. with a song, but you kind of go, I get it. Yeah. I don't have to fight this fight anymore. And yeah. maybe on another song, he'll do the same or whatever. Yeah, I think Matt and I have always 
been a good balance for each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, even I remember starting out and everyone would say, Matt would always say, oh, you're too like punk rock when we started out. Like you want everything to be punk rock. And I did. Yeah. And then when we on like our second and third records, he was saying, oh, you want everything to like not be punk. You hate punk rock now. And I did. <laughs> and he was like, you know, so it was like this constant like push and pull. And I think that kind of added a, an interesting dynamic to our band. And now I think we're just in a place where I just want to make good songs. I want to open up each song each track when we start recording it i want to just say okay what does this song need does it need drums mm. does it need bass does it need one guitar does it need seven guitars um you know like is it 80 percent of the way there yeah <laughs> right? exactly you know and I mean? like how how do we get it how do we make the song special you yeah. know and i think that's a lot of things with recording and producing is like you're really and songwriting even is i think the main goal for me is capturing a moment you know capturing like something special mm -hmm. um that that can affect people um, I'm going to tell you my favorite song off the record real quick for whatever reason because I think it's going to help the interview. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Disaster. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm always a fan when I think the lyrics are about trying to make sense of what's going on around us. Yeah. And maybe that's what the song is doing too. But And maybe that's why I like the whole song. But mm -hmm. uh, is that what your sense of the song is? Um, yeah, that's Matt wrote it. Uh, that was one he wrote all of the lyrics to, and um, I think really what he was like trying to describe is that like it doesn't really make sense. Like you feel this this strong feeling for someone, you feel this like mm -hmm. this is where you need to be in life, but you know it could all go away. And like I think uh, some of that could have even been from like uh his previous relationships you know being engaged before seeing what happened with me uh you know just mm -hmm. re getting older and realizing that that nothing is forever nothing's set in stone and at any moment this it could be a disaster you know it could yeah. be like this the pieces that seem to make so much sense are like falling apart so should life make sense uh i think that's what songs are for uh, maybe it doesn't it doesn't make sense i don't know if, i feel like it should i want it to all I the know. time it yeah. just doesn't i don't know i think as we get older you, we come more com comfortable with the fact that it doesn't see now that's where i go down i think on the god side of life it's like my understanding about the one thing i always kind of gravitate to biblically is the either god or something is beyond our understanding uh -huh. and that's where i always kind of go back it's like we're always trying to understand and i think i'm wasting my time trying to understand yeah i agree whether it's literally a song you guys wrote mm -hmm. why my wife is thinking that way why i went to the refrigerator and got more pizza it's like <laughs> waste my time trying to figure all this out it's like Sometimes you just got to let it be, I guess. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't yeah. even know what that means, right? I think it's, uh, for me, it's more about just having peace with it, having peace with, yeah. you know, the things that actually happen. And, uh, you know, if you would have asked me three or four years ago if I thought I would be right here right now and this is what my life would look like, I would have freaked out. I would have right. said, no, no way. That's right. impossible. No. Right. And it's... By the way, that's why I didn't interview you last time because I was going to tell you all that, but I didn't want to freak you out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Thanks. I see. I know. I know what's going to happen in four years. Do you want to know? Yeah. Thank you for uh, withholding that information. <laughs> you're gonna you're, you're gonna produce the best Mike my, Mike Maines record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Himself. It's freaking phenomenal. I I will talk about Mike Maines all day. I believe in this kid so hard. So I can't wait to hear it, dude. Yeah. One. Uh, I assume someday maybe they would tour with you. Yeah. Guys? We actually did a tour uh, last month with them. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, so. cool. 
Hey, but tell me about the um, uh, the title track then, which is the last track. Yeah, collapsible long. It kind of uh, it's a bit of an all encompassing track. It's uh, I thought it was a mini deathbedish, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a three minute version. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, you know what I mean? uh, it kind of was a song that um, Matt had written the verses to the song um, probably two years ago, and uh, the song had uh, honestly had six or seven different choruses and yeah. none of them felt right we both knew that they didn't feel right and we'd leave one for a day and come back and listen to it the next day and be like no this is this is not right and um i was playing this lullaby for my daughter and i just like got this idea for this corporation i was like oh we got to do this and we got to sing it like this and it should be about this and like just like matt was over and played it for him and he he was like yeah let me and we were like messing with the melodies and stuff wow. and he he got home and he was like how about this and he like sang me the chorus of that song on a voicemail and i was like i texted him right back i was like this is phenomenal it's perfect i love it yeah. it's like exactly right and it was just like i just from hearing him sing by himself on a voicemail i knew it was mm. right so yeah, you should have should have ended the record with just the voicemail, right? Yeah, exactly. That. Well, we kind of tried to bring some of that into it. The, the front and the back of the song are is one mic with me and Matt in a room, right? Okay, and just singing it. And we kind of tried to get that like raw feel Organic, to it, sort of, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's there's one guitar and a Wurlitzer keyboard and drums doing the same hit the whole time. We tried to very much keep it uh, a simple thing. Well, I've always loved your guys' uh, album titles, and I again love your album title. I think Thank "Collapsible" you. is a I don't know, it's just "Collapsible Lung." It's like I know I've heard of it. You know, their lung collapse or something. I'm like going. Yeah, it's actually kind of that title. Matt started thinking about it and wrote that first verse of the song um, when his uncle was in a marathon and passed out with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the collapsible lung and yeah you know just started thinking about like he's like man my uncle runs marathons is the healthiest guy i know like and our bodies are frail and fragile and temporary and that's that's big you know like that's right. a that affects me and my thought process and right um so that's kind of where the whole idea of the the title comes from yeah hey man thanks for this time thanks so much i man. totally appreciate awesome. you yeah no problem stepping away from the with yeah. your producer's cap and putting on your uh, exactly. real IK cap for well, a minute or two, you. right? Yeah, I'll do it anytime. Cool. Truth, truth. I'm having a tough time now figuring out my my favorite Reliant K mat. I do think the name Hoops is sweet, though. In fact, I've I've had plenty of shoes dedicated just for Hoops. Hey, for real. Thanks for listening in. Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. 
because, and I know I'm still wrestling with this, you are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness. I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks. Questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper. <laughs>